Coming up on today's Locked On Dodgers, the Dodgers bring back Chris Taylor. They lose Corey Kniebel. We find out some comments from Corey Seager and Max Scherzer, and MLB is officially in the lockout. So there's a lot on tap, so make sure to keep it Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Reen Fiend. That's Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. And, yeah, a lot happened. Uh, thankfully, we don't have to talk about the MLB lockout the entire episode because Dodgers did make some moves, or one move, and a couple other moves happened. We had some press conferences with uh, Scherzer and Seeger and some comments that were made uh, and a couple of notes of interest the Dodgers have in one particular shortstop and one first baseman that we've already talked about. So that's what's on tap. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, first, but first, let, let me uh, thank you for making us your first listen every single morning and remind you that we are available and free uh, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So, Jeff, the big uh, good news, Dodgers, is uh, Chris Taylor is coming back. Good news for the Dodgers. Good news for my personal Twitter brand uh, and, uh, you know, good news all around. Four years, $60 million deal with uh, option for a fifth year that can push it to $73 million. Uh, it was noted that Chris Taylor's camp was telling teams that money wasn't wasn't the driving factor, that he did want to remain with the Dodgers, which I would imagine is you have to super overpay if you want me to go to your team. And nobody uh, seemed to, to, to match whatever number they had in mind that would, that would make him leave. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's Chris Taylor. He's already beloved and uh, going to continue to be beloved after uh, what just happened. Yeah, there's a lot to think about with regards to Taylor. Um, you know, I tweeted a week or two ago. Uh, uh, oh, it was actually in response to uh, Brett from Locking On Astros had tweeted something about how Verlander choosing to come back to the Astros just shows what a great organization the Astros are, blah, 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 blah. And I tweeted that basically uh, almost every free agent just goes where the money is. And uh, we've seen that this week. That's what Seager and Scherzer did. And when they don't, it's almost always more about their own personal comfort or convenience than about the organization. And I assume that's the case here with Chris Taylor too. I think there's some sort of, you know, and obviously those are, those lines can get blurred because part of the reason Taylor is comfortable in the Dodgers organization is because he loves it there. You know, his friends are there, all those things. And so that could be you could say, well, that's the organization, but you know, it's also just a comfort level thing for whatever reason, Chris Taylor didn't try to go out and maximize every dollar. I don't know that he would have gotten a ton more four years and $60 million sounds. It's what I had predicted. Uh, it sounds about right. Uh, but you know, he probably could have got a little bit more somewhere else maybe, but the fact is, yeah, I, I wonder if it's easy. I was thinking of specifically the contrast between Taylor and Seager, whereas Seager was a first round draft pick made it to the major leagues a couple years later and, you know, rookie of the year, third place in the MVP voting as a rookie. He he's been a world series MVP. He's kind of 
you know, he, he's been a superstar since high school, you know, and Chris Taylor, on the other hand, was struggling in the minors, thought he was going to wash out of the big leagues, kind of had to reinvent himself. And so I wonder if when you are, you know, uh, Taylor's a little bit older than Seager uh, by a few years, if you've been through what Chris Taylor's been through and then you hit free agency, uh, I imagine maybe it's easier to say, you know what, 60 million bucks is plenty of money. Yeah, maybe I could get 70 or 75 somewhere else, but it's 60 million bucks. And five years ago, I didn't know if I was ever going to make a million bucks, you know? And so I wonder if just part of that experience, uh, you know, how their careers have gone uh, makes that makes a guy like Chris Taylor more likely to just say, you know, I'm comfortable with the Dodgers. I like it here. I have a good role here. I've got a good thing going and they want to give me a crap load of money. And so why would I look anywhere else? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that could always go the other way too, where, you know, Seager could theoretically could have, we're probably bet on himself did a one-year deal because he knows he's going to get that money for Chris Taylor at this point, you know, has to go for the most money since this is the only time he's going to get, get be able to max it out. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Like I said, I, I don't think, you know, I'm not sure if anyone's going to offer him 20 mil a year. That might've been the number that they were saying, okay, if, if someone offers that, then we'll seriously evaluate it. Uh, everything under that. I mean, Chris Taylor, Realistically, in Los Angeles, you know, you can find little things here and there, little endorsement deals, little deals that you can, you know, add up to maybe get you to that 20 mil a year, whatever the case is. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad he's sticking around. It was kind of really important for the Dodgers to to keep him, especially when Seager left, because, you know, now, though, unless they go out and get somebody else, now they have a little bit. I mean, he was already almost an everyday player. Now he's kind of an everyday player to, in a certain extent, especially if the universal DH is a thing between second base, third base, and the outfield. He'll be able to fill in and and basically play five to six games a week realistically. Now the Dodgers could bring someone else in, could move that stuff around. But as we've seen, I mean, even when they had Seager, he was able to to, to play almost every day, uh, although Seager was injured a few times, and, and that helped with it. But Either way, this was a big move for the Dodgers, a big move for the 2022 season and beyond, but you know, namely 2022 because there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot left on the free agent market. The trade market is probably going to be a little bit, you know, lopsided because there's not a lot on the free agent market, uh, which we'll probably get into at another time with in, in regards to starting pitching. Uh, but yeah, it was just you know a, a sense of relief, especially getting it done before the CBA lockout. It was just you know a welcome. Uh, some welcome news for for Dodger fans. Yeah, our buddy Yoli tweeted at you uh, the the Jeff Passan tweet uh, reporting that that the Dodgers and Taylor had agreed or whatever. Maybe it was one of those tweets and asking if you were going to make a new T-shirt. And that got me thinking. You know, uh, your your brand is you know the Dodgers acquired Chris Taylor from the Seattle Mariners. Blah 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 for Zach Lee. That's I mean that's still technically true, but that's no longer why Chris Taylor is on the Dodgers right now. Chris Taylor's on the Dodgers because the Dodgers gave him 60 million bucks and he chose to stay. And so, uh, you know, even though it's good for your brand that he stayed, you know, your brand changing Vince, uh, our little Christopher is growing up. I know I'm actually not, not glad about that, but realistically, you know, having to have that on cue all the time, I'll probably switch up when I use it or wording or whatever the case is. Um, but I do still have some shirts of the old ones. So that's why it's still good because, uh, you know, it's a lot easier to sell stuff when he's on the team. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's awesome that Taylor's back. He solidifies that. He solidifies their depth, you know, kind of 
even if Gavin Lux could fill that role or whatever, you know, if they could turn Gavin Lux into that super utility guy or whoever it is, having Chris Taylor in addition to Lux, you know, solidifies that. Um, he, he's a very, very good player. He's obviously, it's kind of funny how popular he is for how boring isn't quite the right word, but it's pretty darn close to the right word. You know, he's, he's not a dynamic personality. He, uh, he doesn't talk much. And when he does, he surprisingly sounds, he kind of talks like this a little bit, you know, and, and like, there's nothing about him that screams LA personality. And yet the fans love him. The teams, lo- the team loves him. And, uh, you know, we're all super thrilled that he's back. And so, uh, it, it says something about him. Yeah, definitely. And, and then, you know, all the clutch hits and moments and everything that he's brought definitely helps out with that. Uh, if you're a little bit uh, vanilla on the vanilla side, Absolutely. all right, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, you know, we love Chris Taylor, but we're going to talk about Max Scherzer and what he said in his press conference, a little bit about Corey Seager and his intro press conference. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered for all your props, all your odds, all your lines, everything you could need all season long. And it's better than ever before on their new web interface. Everything you need for football and basketball season is there. Bet Online is your number one spot for all sports action this season. So head over to their website on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today. With the promo code locked on, you can get a 50% welcome bonus after you make your first deposit. That's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus after your first deposit. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so let's kick it off and start with Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer had his intro press conference over Zoom joining the Mets, and he said a lot of things, um, some things specific to the Dodgers, something specific to the Mets that is interesting when you compare it in regards to the Dodgers. Uh, but the biggest story was Max Scherzer saying, that his dead arm in the postseason was, could have been or, or in his mind was the result of the Dodgers kind of watching his pitch count. Um, and, and you know, he, he, he said, we made decisions to give extra days out on a consistent basis and watch our pitch counts for the postseason. I just feel like that lowered my capacity so that when I try to do the 2019 formula, I've been able to pitch out of the pen. My arm wasn't able to respond to that because I came from a lower pitch count per se. That's why I didn't get hurt. That's why I didn't hurt myself. But I was definitely compromised trying to execute what I was trying to do in 2019. Interesting in the fact that, okay, if that's your opinion, but if you go back and look at that 2019 season and when the Dodgers would have acquired him, he was hurt and didn't make the start until August 22nd from the trade deadline on. From that time, he made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven starts and only threw over 100 pitches in two of those seven starts. So, Max Scherzer, I reject your premise. Yeah, and, and, you know, I don't begrudge the guy trying to find an explanation. You know, when you are in Max Scherzer's situation, he's been an elite pitcher forever. He's, you know, a uh, a Hall of Famer already. He's a three-time Cy Young Award winner. He's throwing multiple no-hitters. Like, he is an amazing pitcher. And this postseason was kind of one of the first times in his career that he's had to deal with my body, my arm specifically won't do what I need it to do. 
And so it makes sense that he'd be grasping for an explanation. And uh, I think he probably sincerely believes what he said. Uh, and I think there's very little uh, reason to think that he's right. And, and that's fine. Um, you know, ultimately, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I try not to take too much, uh, not concern myself too much with what former Dodgers say after they leave the Dodgers. Uh, and this, he definitely didn't seem to be being critical of the Dodgers. He said it was a decision that they made, including him. You know, he said we, uh, and so he was on board with the plan. And so he's basically just saying it didn't work the way I thought it was going to. There were unforeseen consequences. Whether it's true or not, it's kind of irrelevant. And uh, ultimately, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you that uh, it doesn't seem like the the likely like, like he's probably correct, uh, but you know, if, if he needs that to whatever it is, you know, so much of pitching is confidence. And if he is convinced that he knows what the problem was, then, uh, you know, my favorite singer, Colin Ray had a song, uh, said what they don't know just might be a blessing, you know? And basically if you don't tell somebody they can't do it, maybe they'll just do it. And so I think that's with pitchers, you know, if he's got that confidence, he's going to be a better pitcher. And so if this is what he needs to have that confidence that, oh yeah, I've identified the problem. And so it's no longer a problem. Good for him. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to clear up is that, you know, a lot of the reports kind of had Scherzer linked to West coast teams. Um, but I forget who it was. Somebody cleared that up and, and did mention that that was for last season specifically because he was dealing with nagging injuries and the warmer weather would help with that. Um, you know, he mentioned that it wasn't really a factor in this signing. And, and while we know the factor, it was just funny how, you know, Scherzer, one of the other quotes is, quote, he looks at, talking about Steve Cohen, the, the owner of the Mets, he looks at this as he wants to win a championship and he's going to do whatever it takes to win. You don't hear that from owners too often these days. And when you can finally hear any owner wants to do whatever it takes to win, obviously that piqued my interest. Coming from the team he came from, it's just, you know, a little funny and, and, I, I mean, I've never been part of a free agent pitch before, but I would imagine that a lot of owners say something to this extent when they're trying to. I'm sure the Rangers told Corey Seager similar things of, of uh, you know, him wanting to to or them going to you know do whatever it takes to win. Uh, but it was just a little funny. I know, I know he's you know has to cater to the Mets fans and everything else, uh, but yeah, just it was a I don't know. It was, it was just funny to me. Yeah, Zach Greinke remains the only player in history to actually be honest at his uh, introductory press conference or whatever when he said, you know, I actually dug up the quote today uh, because when, when I saw what Scherzer said, and what Greinke said when asked about the money when he signed with the Dodgers in 2012, he said, it's obviously the number one thing. I could play for the worst team if they paid the most. And then Greinke, true to his word, three years later, he signed with the worst team because they paid him the most, you know? Um, he, he's the only... The reason that Max Scherzer is a Met is because they offer him the most money and everything else. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure he's glad that they seem committed to trying to win. Uh, but when, you know, I will gladly go spend three years on a bad team if they want to give me 120 million bucks to do it, you know, 130 million bucks. It's uh, everybody would. And so everything else really is window dressing. And, uh, but again, that's, you know, I, I understand why Scherzer has to say those things. He's probably even convinced himself that he believes some of them. Uh, but, you know, the fact is he's on the Mets because they offered him the most money. So, yeah. Uh, moving on to Corey Seager. I don't 
I don't know if there was any standout to me. The one thing I did see was after his intro press conference, they asked him if he had any conversations with Clayton Kershaw about possibly joining him. And he said he's definitely had talks with Kersh for sure. Uh, Jeff, does this worry you at all? Uh, no, I, I don't think Seager going to to the Rangers makes Kershaw any more or less likely to go to the Rangers. I think Kershaw, you know, if he goes to the Rangers, it's going to be because of Ellen and his kids, not because of Corey Seager. Uh, he still Kershaw still has a lot more friends on the Dodgers than on the Rangers. And so uh, there's I don't think we've ever seen any indication that uh, Kershaw and Seager are are that tight. You know, I think they they probably like each other. Uh, pretty good friends. But uh, I, I don't see any reason to think that uh, Seager being that. No, I mean, other than the fact that Seager being on the Rangers shows that the Rangers are actually trying to win. And so maybe signing Seager and Semien and, and uh, whatever pitcher they signed, didn't they sign a pitcher? John Gray. Oh, that's right. John Gray. You know, maybe that shows that they're trying to win and maybe that appeals a little more to Kershaw because I, like I said all along, the reason I don't think Kershaw's going to go to the Rangers is because Kershaw is used to playing on a good team. And I think if he's going to continue playing baseball, he's going to want to continue playing on a good team. And so, you know, that that's the only reason I think Seager would impact Kershaw's decision is if it kind of nudges Kershaw in the direction of, oh, the Rangers are actually trying to be a good team, uh, then maybe that means something to him. But, uh, yeah, I, I I still think it's either, you know, if he's playing at all, it's going to be with the Dodgers. And I I have a hard time seeing anything else. Yeah, I feel the same. Uh, the only other thing Seager mentioned in his is, uh, you know, Chris Woodward definitely had a hand in, in, in recruiting Seager over there. Obviously, the $325 million had a bigger hand in recruiting Seager over there. But, uh, you know, Woodward was fighting for him on the Rangers side in order to bring him in. So, you know, that they, they connected when they were both in, in the Dodgers organization and, and you know, good, good for Seager. Um, you know, the, the Ranger blue is close enough to Dodger blue that it doesn't look that weird yet. But when he starts wearing some of those other jerseys, um, it might look a little, a little weird. But I don't know if there's anything else in his presser that, that caught your eye, Jeff. I, don't, I didn't see much else about, you know, I don't think he talked about the Dodgers that much. No, not not a ton. I, th- I don't know if I think it was after the press conference, just an interview with MLB Network or whatever. And he, he uh, you know, he said he appreciates all the Dodgers did for him and you know, that was basically all that I heard him say about the Dodgers, and and that's totally fine. Like you said, he doesn't look weird in Rangers, especially he was wearing you know the white jersey with the the blue Rangers script across the front, a little splash of red, not quite in the same place as the Dodgers, but they look, think it looks fine. One thing that I was struck by, you know, the Dodgers put out that really good video showing some of Seager's highlights. Uh, we got to hear Bud Selig say the Los Angeles Dodgers draft Corey Seager, uh, and but I as much as I enjoyed all those moments, like I didn't get emotional. Like I, I really like Corey Seager. I I'm a big Corey Seager fan, but mostly I'm like, I'm happy for Seager. He got what he wanted. Um, and I, I was thinking, you know, even like there, there's been a lot of mention of the tax differences between California and Texas and how uh, the Dodgers would have had to offer you know, like 360 million just to match the 325 million that the Rangers are giving him. Uh, because of how because Texas doesn't have state income tax and and all that and and so uh, but even more than that like one thing we know about baseball players is that for the most part they're a relatively conservative bunch and when you're Seager you're young you're you know recently married maybe thinking about starting a family it wouldn't surprise me at all 
if a big part of Corey Seager's decision was I'd rather raise a family in Dallas than in LA, you know, like, cause to, uh, uh, that may sound like sacrilege. A lot of people listening to, to this podcast, because most of us grew up in Southern California. We love Southern California and uh, you know, not just uh, I'm not trying to make it a political thing, but just a, you know, when, when uh, Anthony Rendon said the LA lifestyle, whatever it was, Hollywood lifestyle, you know, I didn't even have an issue with Rendon saying that because, you know, Orange County is different than LA, you know, and, uh, and Dallas is a lot different than, than LA. And so uh, I think there's probably, in addition to the taxes, I think there's probably some lifestyle things and, and Seeger was smart enough not to say it out loud, which Rendon wasn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was some Hollywood lifestyle versus Dallas lifestyle kind of considerations that went into this too. And I don't begrudge that at all. I think, uh, I've been all over the United States and almost everywhere I've ever visited. I've thought, man, I wouldn't mind living here because it's a beautiful country, you know, and everything appeals to different people for different reasons. And uh, if, if Corey thought uh, raising a a family in the Dallas area is, is more to his liking, that wouldn't surprise me and it wouldn't bother me. Yeah. um, Yeah. No, no comment on moving to Texas from California. I know a lot of people have done it. And, uh, you know, they did it for different reasons, not $325 million reasons. But, uh, yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, real quick, just want to remind you and thank you for those of you that have already do it. Make Locked on Dodgers your first listen every morning. We are available every weekday morning, and we're free uh, wherever you get podcasts or on YouTube if you want to see our faces. All right, uh, finishing off with some news and notes. So we'll get into the MLB lockout. But before the lockout, there was a couple other uh, rumors and notes. Uh, the first one's not a rumor. Corey Kniebel went to the Phillies, signed a one-year $10 million deal. Uh, presumably would be their closer at this moment. Um, but obviously they can make other moves in the future. Uh, but they did lose their – well, I don't think it was their closer the whole last year, but Hector Neris did go to the Astros. Um, beyond that, Freddie Freeman to Dodgers continues to gain a little more traction. Uh, not really any hard – links or reports just a lot of rumblings um i think the fact that the braves didn't sign them before the lockout is probably uh the biggest reason for those rumblings i still expect them to go back there but i feel you know every day until the lockout i felt a little bit more like okay i, I can get on board or i'm on board with this let, let's ride with it um the last thing is that one of the reporters from houston reported that carlos Correa's agent said that there was a handful of teams that have reached out to them and the Dodgers were one of those teams. Um, you know, whether, what, you know, how, how extensive that reach out was, we don't, we don't know. We probably will never know, but um, it's interesting to know that they have reached out. Or at least that Carlos Correa's agent says they have. And, you know, I, I assume the Dodgers have reached out because Carlos Correa is probably the best free agent on the market. And the Dodgers are a team that's interested in improving themselves. Uh, but I also think that it is in every ba- agent's best interest to uh, get people reporting that the Dodgers and Yankees are interested in their client because that's how you make a lot of money in free agency is to have teams bidding against the Dodgers and the Yankees. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, interesting to see what's going to happen with Correa. I don't think – yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it was a, a topic on Twitter today. People, you know – it it's just another thing to be mad about apparently to argue about um, what makes you a true fan and what doesn't and uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, if Carlos Correa plays for the Dodgers, I'll root for him when he's up to bat and we'll see, you know, like, 
when, when I'm watching the postseason, when the Dodgers have been eliminated, I don't even like, I, I or even if it just regular season, if I'm watching a, uh, if I'm watching a game and uh, it's two teams I don't care about, I will just, uh, I'll pop, uh, I'll just watch the game and let my brain decide who I'm rooting for, going without a rooting interest. And that that's kind of the approach I'm taking with Correa. If he does end up on the Dodgers, I'm not going to have any uh, preconceived notions about what I think is going to, what I think I'm going to feel. I'll just, I'll, I'll see, you know, and I, it's hard for me to picture ever considering myself a Carlos Correa fan. Uh, but, you know, I'll just go into it with open open mind if it happens, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, same. Um, you know, on the Campbell front, we figured he, he was going to leave. We That's kind of maybe where the Daniel Hudson signing came in. We talked about it the other day in terms of Freeman. I, you know, my thoughts are, are known on there. And then Correa, if you go back, I talked about Correa on one of the episodes where I was solo and a little more open to it than I would have been, you know, before. But, uh, you know, realistically – they don't really need that. Uh, Pitching is more of the priority at this point and the concern for me, um, but we'll get into that. Um, you know, we have a lot of time now uh, because MLB is officially in a lockout. The owners uh, unanimously voted unanimously voted to institute a lockout. It wasn't something they had to do. They could have extended the deadline, but by doing the lockout um, on their side, the, the MLB and the owners, um, they said it was to make things go fast or make negotiations, you know, kind of speed them up, speed up the process. Uh, Rob Manfred released a letter to fans, putting everything on the players and the players association, the players association put out a statement, putting everything on the owners and MLB. And that's kind of where we're at. And, you know, I guess I'll, I'll hand this off to you because you're a little bit better with everything in terms of rules and everything. But just for those that don't know exactly what the lockout means, Jeff, um, if you want to give a, a quick explanation, just kind of bare bones. Yeah. Basically major league baseball is shut down right now. Uh, and every team is shut down, uh, which means the, the practical implications, uh, if you go to MLB.com right now, there are no articles about any current players. Uh, they are, they, they're going to be focusing their coverage on baseball history, uh, meaning people, players who aren't currently in the union. Um, that's their definition of baseball history right now. Uh, more practically, as far as it matters to us, uh, Dustin May has to rehab from his Tommy John surgery at home instead of Amelback Ranch. Uh, you know, things like that. Uh, there obviously no free agent signings, not even in negotiations. Uh, play, and that that's kind of, you know, uh, definitely no official uh negotiations but you know right now for example freddie freeman isn't on anybody's major league roster uh he's still a member of the union so uh you know obviously and they couldn't announce any signing but uh, i i don't know how strict these people are as far as you know is andrew friedman going to text mookie betts and say hey congratulations on your wedding you know things like that uh you know that i don't know how strict they're going to be but yeah, the facilities are shut down to rehabbing players. Charlie Morton had talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that's one of the big downsides of a lockout is players are on their own. But the fact is, everybody has known a lockout was coming for many months. And so I have no worries. I'm positive that the Dodgers training staff made sure that Dustin May has all the information and equipment that he needs in order to keep doing his rehab. You know, And, and I'm just using Dustin May as an example, you know. 
um, who, whoever it is, they've all known that it was coming. And so uh, that applies to everything else. They've known that the lockout was coming. And so they're prepared for it. The practical implications are, uh, for example, if you happen to do a five days a week Dodgers podcast, there's not going to be any new news to talk about, which means you and I, uh, we're, we're not bound by MLB's, uh, policy about union members so we can talk about current Dodgers but you know there won't be any new news so we'll talk about you know what happened in the 2021 season we may go back in time and talk about uh previous Dodgers you know we will we'll find there's plenty of the Dodgers have a long and storied history so there's plenty to talk about there just won't be new news and uh you know it's kind of interesting uh Justin Verlander's contract with the Astros never got officially announced which presumably means that it's not official yet and so it's uh it may have to wait until after the lockout. Uh, you know, there there were even signings that were reported, but it didn't get done. Uh, the Padres are signing a pitcher coming back from Japan. I don't remember his name, uh, but uh, that didn't get completed before the lockout. So it, it's not a done deal. Uh, Jordan Lyles agreed to a contract, but didn't have time to do his physical. And so uh, once the lockout ends, then he'll take his physical and finalize that contract, you know, just things like that. It, it's, it's silly, but my main takeaway, you know, Vince, you mentioned the, the statements from Rob Manfred and from the union. Uh, I didn't read it either of them because it's all propaganda at this point. And the fact is, uh, regardless of which side you're on, if you've picked a side in this dispute, uh, just know that, your side is not a hundred percent right. Uh, have strong feelings about, you know, uh, which way, you know, who is more right than the other side. Uh, but the fact is, you know, I, I'm seeing everybody there. A lot of people are really drawing their lines in the sand and basically saying everything that Rob Manfred said is a lie or everything Tony Clark said is a lie. And the fact is that, uh, unfortunately, one thing we've seen, you know, we've seen it with, Astros fans and even Astros players is that people really sincerely believe a lot of dumb things. And when somebody says something that is clearly untrue, that you can recognize is clearly untrue, that doesn't mean they're lying. Sometimes it means they believe something that's untrue. Uh, you know, and, and that's, that's why I brought up Astros fans because a lot of them sincerely believe that everybody was doing what the Astros were doing and MLB chose to scapegoat the Astros to protect the Dodgers and Yankees. I saw that again today. You know, people can believe a lot of stupid things and they sincerely believe them. And that's a different problem than lying. But the fact is, uh, there's no reason for any of us to pay very much attention to anything that Major League Baseball or the union says over the next, uh, during this lockout because it's all propaganda. It's all designed to get public opinion on their side. And the fact is these two sides need to sit down and actually compromise. And neither side is interested right now in compromising. And uh, you know, whether you uh, you know, how you believe that compromise should go, it doesn't have to be a 50 50 thing. And you may believe that it's more of an 80 20 one way or the other, that that's fine. But everything that anybody is saying publicly during this lockout is propaganda and propaganda Never did you're too smart to listen to propaganda. Don't even read it. That's you know, uh, whatever you're gonna do to to keep your love of baseball going, it's not gonna have anything to do with any of the anything that Rob Manfred or Tony Clark says. And uh, so yeah, just uh, keep listening to Locked On Dodgers because uh, we'll keep your love of baseball going, and we won't have any propaganda. Even when we talk about you know the what the specifics of what's going on in the lockout, 
we'll probably talk about, you know, what they're, what they're arguing about if, if details come out. Um, but it's not going to be propaganda. It's going to be, even if we have opinions, like we, we say at the end of every episode, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. You know, we'll have opinions. You'll have opinions. That's great. Uh, but nothing that the league or the union says is opinion. It's just propaganda. So no point. Yeah, unfortunately, I gotta read everything that comes out uh, for work. But to be you, man. Yeah, but yeah, you know, don't really matter. <laughs> uh, the other thing, real quick, before we head out, is two pitchers that we've talked about, uh, kind of, uh, you know, varying, varying extents. Mark Stroman went to the Cubs. Rich Hill uh, going to the Red Sox. So two more free agent pitchers off the board for the Dodgers once this lockout is over which makes it seem like they're going to have to go the trade route, but that's something we'll get into in another episode. Did you see the note that this is the seventh time that Rich Hill has signed with the Red Sox as a free agent in his career? I did not see that, but... Yeah, it'll be his third stint in the big leagues with the Red Sox, I think, uh, assuming that he plays in the big leagues with them next year. Uh, but yeah, it's the seventh time that he's signed with them <laughs> during his career. Interesting. Um, one note on, on the lockout stuff. Teams can still trade minor leaguers and can sign people to minor league deals. Uh, but I did see, like, if you wanted to do a workaround where the Dodgers signed Freddie Freeman to a minor league deal with an invite to spring training and, like, crazy incentives, I think the max is $4 million on incentives for any of those things. So you could get, like, a very, very low-tier guy on a minor league deal and invite him to spring training. Uh, with the max of four mil, but you're not going to get a guy like Freddie Freeman. So, no, um, if you do see signings or trades, yeah, if you do see signings or trades, that's what it would be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen every morning. We'll be back tomorrow to talk a little bit more about some lockout stuff, some other things that, that came out during the week on some proposals and, and all that good stuff. Uh, but make sure to make your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. We are Locked On Dodgers. We're here every weekday morning. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. You can find Jeff on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. You can always leave us a voicemail or send us a text at 323-863-5625 or send us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.